historic meeting between North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and South Korean President Moon Jae-in. The leaders of these two nations have not met in more than a decade. Their summit comes just one week after Kim announced that North Korea would suspend its nuclear and missile testing. President Trump has said he plans to meet with Kim Jong-un in May or June. The claim that President Trump stole the 2016 election is going to federal court. A Democratic Party lawsuit today alleges a conspiracy and seeks civil damages. It comes as the president is also doing battle with former FBI Director James Comey. The Devil's Advocate podcast is an opinion talk show and is the attempt of a few friends to have a reasonable conversation about current events without the vitriol that we've become accustomed to in today's modern political climate. TDAP is what happens when a few normal people sit down and discuss the week's top stories by having a rational and somewhat entertaining conversation. The goal of TDAP is to provide a forum for the listener to hear multiple perspectives on a myriad of topics instead of being bombarded with the same one-sided debates that we commonly get from news and media organizations. It is hosted by Brandon Condit, Mitchell Hernandez, and Franklin Everhart. The high-power, high-profile addition of the president's personal legal team. He is Rudy Giuliani. His resume includes U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York. The hiring of Giuliani comes as allies of the president are concerned another of his personal lawyers, Michael Cohen, could flip. Alrighty, so here's the interesting thing about this week. Um, first of all, Mitch is off, and uh, so it's just just Frank and I. Frank, say hi. Hello. <laughs> oh, uh, I <laughs> fucked it up, man. <laughs> you know, I had I had one job. <laughs> you had one job. No, th- what's funny is I realized that um, for almost fifty episodes, we never like. It's up to the audience to figure out whose voice is whose, right? Like, unless, especially with you, because up until the last episode, we've been using the old fuck intro that doesn't make any goddamn sense. It just doesn't have <laughs> Frank's name in it. So, like, we should start introducing ourselves probably. So, if this is your first time, you understand who is saying what. Um, unfortunately, Mitch isn't here this week. So, you have to tune in next time. Um, but the other interesting thing about this week is that we probably shouldn't be doing this. Like, a lot of stuff has you, been going you on. You could almost say that about the entire podcast again. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, you, you really shouldn't be doing this, guys. Yeah, may, maybe so. But I'll, we've all been very busy, um, and we've all got – it's just been a – crazy schedule for the last week um mitch is being a responsible citizen and <laughs> i don't know if that was the right way to term it but my mitch is mitch is doing college things and he's he's being all studied up and in his books tonight so he's not available tonight for us um i've had two kids puking and pooping all over the place for the last couple days so it's just been you'll see as this episode progresses why we probably weren't prepared enough to do this um but anyway so let's jump into this i i will say that this episode is probably going to feel more like just a rest of the week segment probably won't make the runtime that it usually does 
That may or may not be a good thing. That's for you, the listener, to decide. Maybe we talk too fucking much, but then stop pressing play. Don't do that. That's a bad way to. That's a bad way to plug the show. Um, all right. Go all of our subscribers. Right. Everybody's gone. <laughs> they just tuned out. So anyway, let's get into some of the stuff that's been uh, that's been going on this week in the good old U.S. of A. Um, Donald Trump. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> That's just how I typically start the show, so I'm actually wrong for, <laughs> for starting with Donald Trump on this one. North Korea um, and and Donald Trump, I guess, they're, they're going to be – Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump are set to have future talks. We already know that. We've talked about that before on the show. Um, an interesting development that's come out in the last few days is that, that Kim is now saying that um, they are not – that they're halting their nuclear program or they're willing to halt their nuclear program. Um, do you have, you have an article on that, right? Uh, yeah, well more, just more generally, but, uh, Trump recently confirmed that, uh, secretary of state, Mike Pompeo secretly met with Kim Jong-un over Easter weekend, Mm -hmm. um, which is like increasing the chances because it like anything in the Trump organization, if he says something's going to happen, you have to wait and see if it actually happens. Right. Did you see um, and, you know, like did you see Trump and how he like how he spilled that um the the Daily Show did a fucking great piece on it um where Donald Trump is basically like yo it's the walk from the plane into the White House or whatever I believe he's yeah. standing he's standing right next to Melania and you know there's a bunch of a, a bunch of reporters yelling you know Mr. Trump Donald Trump Mr. President whatever um Yo, asking him, like, hey, did you guys meet with North Korea? Are you going to meet with North Korea? And, like, it's so funny because, as Trevor Noah pointed out, like, he ignores all the questions on the walk to the White House, but he's a little boy, and he can't help it. So, like, as he's almost taken that final step to enter the White House, he just, like, turned around and gave the most childish, smuggest, smile that i've ever seen and all he did was yes yes we did meet with him it was so good like you <laughs> i actually we'll we'll go ahead and link to that little clip because you have to watch it it is the funniest shit that i've ever seen is the one moment that i didn't hate donald trump because i had to just laugh It'd be like you're just, you're just a little boy like it's fucking christmas for you um so so here, yeah, but there it, there does seem to be more optimism. Just sorry to cut you off, but like, so uh, I I, t- I told you this, but South Korea and North Korea quit blasting music at each other, right? Which has been a tradition for years. Um, North Korea has been blasting South Korea with propaganda, and South Korea in kind has been blasting K-pop at them, <laughs> which is awesome. The only thing, the, the cute, only thing, the that cutest be, response ever, right? The only thing that could be worse than having K-pop blasted at you is having nickelback blasted at you like you know i, I love it, that they're they're kind of admitting by doing that that pop music is just pure propaganda like, <laughs> right this is this is the this is the democratic way of doing propaganda right um well and it, that it, you know it speaks to the fact that like technically the korean war never ended and like when donald trump said that no earlier the, this the week, american Korea, yeah the american right. korean war ended right but the but the Korean Korean War never ended, and it was funny because Donald Trump said it, 
like he was informing us all of that, um, which I think he said because he probably just learned that last week that it never ended. Um, but it is, but it is an interesting thing that this has just been ongoing. They're not, they're not killing each other per se. Um, you know, yeah. they're not an active like in in each other's countries with with armies and shit. Um, but technically, yeah, it's never ended. So. But let's, yeah. let's but I mean, go. again, I like I don't know how much you're like. I would say Trump's done a good job on this, but I don't know how much they're the United States getting involved is like. You have to give South Korea a large portion of the credit for this, right? Like they're willing to. I, th- that, uh, I, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of the equivalent of a, a another, you know. Well, here's but, the thing. You know, they're forgiving a, a, a country that has treated them terribly for a long time, right? And. Here's the thing. I me personally, I give uh like I put the the credit on a few parties. Um one being South Korea because this new president who basically his platform coming in was, "Hey, I want to talk to these guys and figure this shit out." Like you have to you have to put some level of credit on his shoulders. I think also the fact that China got involved a couple uh, like a month ago and was like, "Hey Kim, why don't you bring your armored train over here and we'll uh have some talks before you meet with America." Um I would probably like we don't know what happened in that meeting, but I would bet that has something to do with it as well. Oh yeah, I'm sure like there's been many like adults, well, quote unquote adults in the room trying to mediate. But it is like I it's the equivalent to me of if Israel and Palestine were able to forgive the other side and be like hey what if we talk about you know like some a possible peace treaty which is what they're going to do friday as of this recording in just right. a few days so they're going to have their first meeting with north and south korea you know the top leadership do we believe that um do we believe you and i believe that we're actually going to see progress here do we because what we've seen from north korea for decades is that they're well for decades we've seen them pump their fists to get sanctions removed and then when they get removed they go back to doing their own shit and we've said on this show for the entirety of it my entire point with North Korea from the beginning was once they get nuclear weapons aren't they kind of at the table anyway and I know the three of us when Mitch is here we've had the conversation like now they've brought themselves to the table with nuclear weapons. So do we really believe that these talks are I mean, going what, to stop? It, it, I guess it comes down to what their goal has been. Like, has their goal just been to be, like, to keep their independence? Or has their goal been to uh, re, or retake over South Korea? Right. Because, like, it could be just, sh- like, if they, don't, if they just decided, like, you know what, screw it, we don't want to take over South Korea, we just want to have a bigger seat at the table. We want to be recognized by the UN and, you know, we can do it by essentially just modifying what we were doing with the South Koreans against the Americans or against, you know, the rest of the world and right. hold up our nukes. Like it depends on what they wanted. And it's hard to tell because even with all the propaganda, no one knows what Kim Jong-un truly wants. Well, right. Here's, he speculate, here's, but. here's what I do want to say. And I don't like getting in the habit. There've been a couple of episodes where I've done it, but I don't like getting in the habit of speaking for people that aren't here. But I talked to Mitch on the phone today and I thought that he had a really valid point. Um, and so I'm, 
gonna I'm gonna say it on his behalf. You're gonna and steal then, it. You shouldn't even, you should not, not even given him credit. I'm absolutely I'm absolutely giving him credit. I was on the phone with him. That's his credit. Like this is Mitch's <laughs> point. But what I do want to say, I would have just stolen his good point. All <laughs> right. What I do want to say is that we'll probably bring this up again next week when he's on because a I don't want to misquote Mitch here and I'm not going to quote him I'm going to paraphrase him and I also want to allow him a chance to correct me if I'm wrong um yeah. but and, but, and B we're going to have some more news with the talks and yes. how that went because I'm really yeah. interested with that yeah we definitely will but so Mitch had made the point today he was like I know there's a lot of people that don't want to give Trump any credit for this but let's try to look at it this way for a second First of all, because I had had asked him the same question that I just asked you. Do we have reason to trust Kim when he says that we're going to halt our nuclear program that we're... And Mitch basically said the same thing as you, that it depends on what his goal is. But if his goal has been to get himself to the table, then yes, I think it makes sense that he would actually halt the nuclear program. And I think what he said that I think... Donald Trump did it in a shitty way, but I think you give Donald Trump credit for this because it's almost like Kim's always been the crazy guy in the conversation, right? Until Donald Trump showed up and said, look, dude, we'll just fucking nuke you. Like, straight (laughs) up, we'll just nuke you. And so it almost... His point. You needed someone without the diplomacy. You needed someone with the right. You know the the hot tempered take. Yeah, and his point. I can. Was, I, that's interesting. Like it, it. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, well, Mitch's point was that you know maybe Donald Trump out crazied the crazy guy, and now the crazy guy is sitting there going, "Oh shit, this dude's crazy. It's like he will destroy us. Maybe we just come to the table and figure this shit out. And maybe Mitch is right. Like." Maybe he is, you know? Yeah. And I I will give him credit. You know, that's one of the things Obama said when Trump was coming in is that this is going to be the thing you have to deal with. Right. Because every president, including me, has invariably one way or another kicked the can down the road. And now it's up to you to actually solve the problem. And given him that, like, you know, that was what he, the task he was given. You're going to solve the new, you know. The North Korea problem in America. Which is like... Um, he's the, doing a remarkably good job. Yeah, no shit. It's also like, when you think about it, he's the scariest fucking person to put that in the hands of. Like, he's absolutely... Who do, do you think Do you think if uh, Obama would have called Kim Jong-un Rocket Man, that it would have been as effective? Like, do you think like Obama could have... No, not at all. To be I honestly think Donald Trump is the only one that can name call like that. I never. I wonder if history will look back on that as like a we adverted World War Three, and it was oddly because of this guy who is very brash and you know unpolished in ways. I mean, maybe so. And then if that's unintended if, consequences, if that's the case, then you have to give him credit where credit is due. The problem is that it's. <laughs> I don't want to say it's not effective because we won't know until we see how everything plays out. But what yeah, I cautiously but, optimistic is where we're at now. Right. But it is something that seems at least by um, typical political n- nature and climate and the way the, the w- inner workings of political circles and parties and leaders and whatever. It seems like 
a ridiculous thing. Like if you're put yourself, let's pretend right now it's not 2018. Let's pretend that right now it's 2015. Obama's still president. The idea that the next president is going to come in and who, no matter who it is, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's, you know, Jeb Bush, we don't know at that point because hypothetically it's 2015. If we are being told, look into the future and the next president is just going to name call every fucking leader in the world, we probably would have. <laughs> not voted for that guy right we probably would have not because that's not how it i mean works. We, we 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 knew he you know on the campaign trail and during the debates he was that person and we voted for him you know to, well, to some degree you know right. not popular vote but well right know, so i guess we did well like, and uh, you know you got to take away the russian votes and shit but yeah you know. oh <laughs> see and those are the things i can say when mitch isn't here so um <laughs> but Anyway, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting, like this is turning out more interesting than I thought. And especially if you've been listening since the beginning, we've talked about North Korea a lot. Like North Korea has has probably the most like reoccurring segment. Yeah, it is you've ever had, other than guns. Um, Yeah, it it literally shootings in Korea. Yeah. And it just it's weird if you go back and you listen to our conversations about North Korea from a year and a half ago to right now, the conversation is completely different than it was. Um, And it's just, man, it's interesting. So, you know, I back when we were taking bets on like who would be involved in World War Three and what sides would be drawn up. So, you know, it's it. We'll see. I I don't like to, I don't like to jump ahead of myself and start saying, "Oh well, it's fixed. Everything's good and whatever." But you know, I also, as a person who's outspokenly not a Trump guy, think that like, well, we weren't here with Obama, so at least let's see what happens. Like, now if it turns out that we end up in World War Three, I'll probably be pretty close to one of the first people to be like Trump you idiot why'd you say that like maybe don't brush dandruff off his shoulder you dick like not everybody <laughs> is Macron you can't just make out with them in front of the world um but you know I I, I don't know I want to give him credit where credit is due so I'm I'm hopefully cautiously I, optimistic cautiously optimistic yeah, yeah like I, I hope that this turns out well I'm still skeptical. I'm still wary, but I mean, dude, it doesn't look doom and gloom like it did a year and a half ago when we started talking this topic. So, you know, we'll, but then you know, we also don't know what's going to happen in a year from now, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's been it, the last two years have been a roller coaster ride of unexpected. Yeah, events, no shit, so. and especially, I mean, shit, you just brought up Rocket Man, but. When that sentence was said, like when he called him Rocket Man, I face palmed myself. Like, dude, yeah, didn't they move the Doomsday Clock? Like the closest has been in thirty years or something. Yeah, like right around that time. Right. So it's just like, and and now it. I don't know. Again, this could all be bullshit, and Kim could be just playing. Remember something that I've said throughout the show and something that I truly believe is Donald Trump is playable. He is easy to play because because you see how he's, he works. He's so well known. 
Like he, his personality is so well dissected that you, people get like he'd be the you get to know his poker face almost right, and or you get to think you do. It's it's funny because I was just gonna say this is a guy who, if he was playing poker, lays all the cards down on the table, like he, he and then get, but just somehow gets incredibly lucky and gets you know a straight flush and right. still beats you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like um. Texas he doesn't play the game the he doesn't play the game smart, but somehow he seems to come out on top every time. Right? Yeah. So I I don't know, man. He just we'll see we'll see what happens. And I don't know that it's that he comes out on top every time. I just think no. Well, I mean I, enough that he's maintained his uh you know his wealth. Yeah, that's that's got to be some kind of luck. Well, we'll see how he contains his wealth. Actually, that's a good way to throw in a story that I didn't tell you we were going to talk about. And uh, so we'll just segue here real quick. In the 1980s, Trump impersonated his own publicist. Right? We've talked about this. Um, yeah, multiple With, times because he the name was, the name was John Barron. John and Trump yeah. went on to name his son Barron. <laughs> right, and so this came out this week that he that he lied to Forbes magazine um, to get onto the top four hundred or oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he, he tried to convince them that he was more wealthy than he was, which right. is a, I think a re- reoccurring motif in his life. So it's kind of, so his whole origin story is a fucking lie, right? Like um again, I'll take a Trevor Noah statement, but it's almost like if like bat, if you found out that Batman's parents didn't die, they just moved to Florida, like what? Your whole <laughs> everything that this is based on is bullshit. You like you called and lied to people. That was like I don't know. It it was just with with a really recognizable speech pattern. Yeah, like nobody talks dude, like Trump do, except for you can't everybody do an now. Accent. Yeah, tr- Trump can't do an accent though. He, no, have you ever seen him try to impersonate someone? Like besides <laughs> the like the the disabled reporter, but he can't do a, a an audio. You know, he can't like he's like me. I can't do a, a voice besides my own. Right. So yeah. I don't try. It's I don't a, try to pretend I'm. Mitch. It's unfortunate that Mitch is off tonight because like you know mitch would be doing like a hispanic accent in trump's mannerisms because mitch is so good at impersonations <laughs> like oh man he I, missed a call as a uh, ventriloquist yeah he he definitely did or something i don't know um all right so let's look into let's move forward into some of these other happenings in the last couple of weeks um speaking of trump the dnc sues trump right what did yeah they so the dnc filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit um past this past week against the russian government the trump campaign and the wikileaks organization alleging that a far-reaching conspiracy to disrupt the uh, 2016 campaign until the election towards donald trump occurred so do you think that like what do you think of that I I think it's a reach. I don't think it's gonna. It's just a political play, right? Like, well, yeah. I think it's also like it's maybe a way to get certain things discoverable in court and out there if they're able to. I don't know enough about the law to say for sure, but I'm sure there's a reason they're doing it, and there's a reason they're doing it now. Yeah, it just after they waited for to, enough to evidence. Me, doesn't it make? Doesn't it make the Democrats look bad? to you like anytime anytime someone comes out and uses the phrase far-reaching conspiracy no matter how right they might be it makes them come off like a crackpot yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. And it, it truly does. With no, like, you know, we have said, and the argument that we've had on the show plenty of times is that, you know, is there any evidence that the campaign colluded? Is there any evidence that the, that the campaign worked with foreign government? And, you know, um, show, yeah, the, show me the evidence. Right. And been the- we have always said that like, or I have always said that, you know, the fucking investigation isn't over. So we don't know. But it, as far as the investigation not being over and us not knowing, that's something that the, that the Trump supporters can use as, they're, they try to use it as evidence that there's nothing there. I, I Again, it, it is what it is. Nothing has been talked about yet. But if you and I are being honest with each other, does it seem like... Like, the more I say that, well, the the investigation isn't over, we don't know anything yet, the Mueller team hasn't talked... Don't you think that if there was evidence of Russian collusion, at least at this point in April of 2018, that somebody would have leaked something? Like, almost everything gets leaked. When Cohen's office— yeah, Except get- for Mueller. You've had no leaks from Mueller's team. You've had the one, the two or three firings. The uh, Was it uh, Carter Pate? No. Is that what? No. Who were the two guys that got fired? Um the, they were exchanging text messages. They were anti-Trump. Oh, I'm blanking on the names. Of them. Uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. Yes, thank you. I knew it was... Okay, I got it close. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you've had that incident, but even those people, after leaving, didn't give interviews. Didn't, I mean... Like, be dis- yeah. Besmirch the, the team. Like, they are... And if Mueller is to be believed, and, you know, I just finished reading Comey's book, so... And we'll talk about that later, but if... He, he, he has a lot of praise for Mueller... I'm um, actually excited, if you, if, and if, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt yeah. you for one second. I apologize. If you haven't read Comey's book, audience, you should read Comey's book. And if you want a review of it, we're planning on doing that next week because, as Frank just said, he read the book. He's already finished with it. Mitch and I are in the middle of it right now, and it is so much more than what the media is turning it into and it's not at yeah. all what the media has has claimed it is if you think this is a book about trump you're gonna be disappointed it's a good fucking no, book it's, it's a book about the last 30 years in america right seen through the eyes of someone who has one of the most interesting jobs yeah. in america it, it's it's so if if you want to know more about that definitely check out episode 50 um next week because we're special episode yeah we're i think all three of us are very excited about doing this segment too because the the, the book is very we'll get into it next week but if you haven't read it yeah go read it It, it's decent it's worth the read and it's like 240 pages or something like that or if you quick go to audible sign up for a free trial and uh listen to it because he narrates his own book and it's even more powerful yeah yeah i can attest it is so, but getting back to my point, though, yeah. um, if if the if that book is to be believed, and I think it is, we'll get into that next week. But he paints Mueller as like the smartest man he knows, like maybe a little more reserved and less like playful. But he he says he's like truly one of the smartest men and one of the smartest leaders and bosses. So I think if that is the case, then I think Mueller just hired really good people for this investigation, people with integrity, people who didn't have a you know because I don't think the yeah, the the you know the struck thing was that much. You know, I 
if you don't like Trump, that's not a, a shocker in right. today's world. Most of Washington doesn't like Trump. You know, yeah, M- uh, Mueller and and Comey, who are Republicans, don't like Trump. Like it's it's a common theme. Yeah, so I think it's possible that that if they could have something that that it wouldn't get leaked. Wouldn't you think though that because the Mueller team has already started filing charges, wouldn't you say think we would see charges that kind of point us in that direction? I mean, I know that, but it's hard. Like it's. I think people even pointed out that even if Mueller finds something, he really doesn't have the power to do anything about it. Right. He can't put the president in jail. You know, so, like, I'm wondering if he does find something, if it's, uh, he's going to take time to mull it over and decide the best right. way. You know, kind of the Comey thing of the, the memos, you know? Like, what can I do to actually get the, the American people to believe this? Right, yeah. No, I mean, you, you definitely might be right. And I do agree with you that, like, I still believe that that M- Mueller has integrity, and that's the reason that we haven't seen leaks. And that's the I, I still my thing or is, or even you know you've you've seen the right defend him and say like you right know, we won't let him and get that's, fired. That's where my gut is right because I and I've said it a million times that when this all started when he was uh, right after Comey was fired and Mueller was appointed. Both the right and the left came out and said, look, if there's anybody that's going to do this investigation, this is the guy we want doing it because he he does have credibility. He does have integrity. He is a, a straight shooter, and he is going to do his job. And then since that's happened over the last you know year or whatever the right has both sides have gone to their talking points and the right has turned into Mueller is this it's a witch hunt and all of this shit but my gut tells me that when they all came out and and said in the beginning that he has integrity that was them laying their cards on the table that was them being honest for a second before they had to find their talking points so I believe that Mueller is still all of those things that both sides said. I just think that they have a they have a political agenda and they've got to stick to that, you know? So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But as far yeah. as the lawsuit goes, what do you think happens with it? You think that it just gets thrown out, dismissed, whatever? Uh yeah, I man, I don't know because you're like, hey, can you sue the Russian government in a Manhattan court? I, I don't <laughs> right. know. I don't. Um, if you can, I don't think I'm, there's I'm any. I'm sure. I'm sure. There, I'm sure. You, I'm yeah, yeah. I think it's much more symbolic than um, we're gonna like so, we're, someone's gonna be brought to the court in handcuffs and we're gonna try them. Right. I think it's much more about like. We want certain evi- you know, items to be well, discoverable, even, or we want to give it to the court. Like, to that point, even if you do sue him, what are you going to get out of it? Money? Like, what? Are they going to reverse the 2016 election results right. and usher Hillary in? Like, yeah, I don't... That's why I think it's symbolic. Like, it's not going to do anything. Right. It's, it's, it's just a move like the uh, representative in Texas or whatever who stands up every day and says, I move uh, a motion to impeach Trump. Like, shut up. You don't have the numbers on your side. Stop doing this. This is charade. Like... Yeah. You're you're just you're hoping that if this if Trump gets impeached, you can just look back and be like, look, I was the first one that said it, and right? You can gain a little notoriety. I've been saying like, it forever. It's, it's a, it's a yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I but it, I think it is more symbolic than anything else, and I think that I think it's bullshit. I think it makes them look petty. I think that instead of 
filing symbolic like to me it's the same thing as trying to repeal Obamacare a million times when you know it's not going to happen like you know what take a break and do your job stop for it. a minute like just stop it yeah <laughs> especially since it's 2018 the congress isn't working anyway because except for all of the republicans <laughs> who are retiring like they've got elections yeah. coming up so like nobody's willing to put their name on anything this year like you know except for symbolic bullshit so i don't know it, yeah dumb so, yeah, speaking of uh, Trump's legal team, it had another shakeup this week. Yeah. It finally got another, finally got some lawyers. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he is a lawyer. Well, no, Giuliani's not. And that that was the big name. No, he, he was. He, he was a lawyer 30 years ago. Right. He was. Um, he has not practiced law in a long time. No, and he's not practiced sanity for even longer. Um, <laughs> but he, he also added... He also added a couple other lawyers, but Giuliani Giuliani was the biggest name, and that's because Cohen is pretty much gone now. Like, you know, we, you yeah. can't. And, there, there have been reports that Trump is um, pre- Giuliani's preparing Trump for when Cohen flips on him. Right. Though Trump came out or t- Trump tweeted rather that Co- uh, Cohen won't flip. There, but but then he again. Did you see his tweet though? I, he preferenced it where he said like people often flip until. F- you know, lies when faced with jail time. Right. He, so if if Cohen does flip, that's that's gonna be his statement. Oh, he's lying because they they that's because you know, coerced him into it. That's because Trump are so bad. Trump for his entire life has never had any fucking repercussions for anything that he does. So he believes he can just set the narrative. And there's a bunch of puppets in this country that buy into his narrative that this is a witch hunt, that he's going to flip and it's a lie, and that Comey is a liar, and that all of these people are out to get him because somehow the billionaire, which we don't know... Um, I, I can hear the air quotes. Yeah, I, know, that word. I know, I did them. <laughs> um, but, you know, the... the the poor billionaire is the he he is the victim here he's always the victim right and like so he's trying to write the narrative he's doing what he always does he comes out and he says shit before the fact so that that is now the story if cohen does flip then he's just lying the fact of the matter is it, i don't know that there's anything there for Cohen to flip on. I mean, there would have to be something there for Cohen to flip. Obviously, Trump is worried about it. That's why he's setting the narrative. That's why he's bringing in Giuliani. That's why he's adding is, more lawyers. Isn't it funny that Trump only thinks that um, that there's a coercive techniques and in interrogation when it's his lawyer it's being used on? When, when black people are coerced by cops or intimidated that's you know well, doesn't matter to be honest with you like i'm gonna piss off like half of the listeners now but that isn't that kind of the way actually here let me piss off all of them that's the way both parties treat shit like that's the way especially when it comes to law enforcement you look at liberals and liberals tell you cops are the freaking bad guys all day long they're just out there shooting black people and, and you know what until their uh their place is robbed and then they call the cops well and but they'll also say like there's a good portion of liberals that'll say yeah but cops are the only ones that should have guns what like what are you talking about you can't they can't be the bad guy and the good guy in the same way that Republicans are blue lives matter, blue lives matter until it comes to the highest law enforcement agency in the country. And then it's a fucking witch hunt. Like, 
come on, you're playing sides. Both sides play to their respective bases, and that's why that's why politics is so that you have to weed through the minutia. You have to get through all of that bullshit to figure out the real story. That's why this show exists, so that you don't have to weed through it. We're just a couple of regular guys talking about shit the way that you talk about shit because this is how politics really is right i don't want to, oh, yeah. i don't want to be st- as, as seen by the fact that we call it shit i don't think most news organizations do that no because they're because they have something to sell they have ratings to make they have and they have an agenda and they have a group of followers that they have to appeal to so they'll sensationalize stories and then it's up to you the 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 common person to weed through that and figure out what the reality is but the fact of the matter is they they both play to their respective sides and that's that's annoying if it's nothing else um you know it is that was a that was a brilliant tirade though like that was well worthy of <laughs> yeah Somet- get, getting that angry right sometimes getting back to Giuliani though yeah um, no shit I, we should <laughs> call we should change the name of the show to like we rant a lot so <coughs> off topic with Brandon right no shit um so what do you think about Giuliani's addition I, to this team I don't know uh Giuliani's was someone like he's an interesting dude because he's someone that after 9-11 like he was America's mayor, he was so respected the way he handled nine eleven, and he was seen as like having so much. Like people just people loved him. He was the only like mayor that everyone could name, right? Um, but then he just went off the rails like crazy. At least in a lot of people's minds, with you know the yeah the the certain the what is it stop and frisk that he did he uh i know he had a whole thing with the homeless a very big controversial trying to like move them out of new york <laughs> yeah that he just sent them to new jersey like yeah pretty just... much what he did <laughs> um that's where our trash goes anyway right send it to new jersey right i actually i actually as somebody who is not a fan of donald trump love that giuliani has been added to the team because giuliani is batshit crazy so having more batshit crazy people around him to me, only exposes him for what he is. Well, yeah, and also point out, like, he joined his legal team. Uh, Giuliani, he did serve as a U.S. attorney for the Southern District in New York, but that was, you know, he, he's been a mayor for 20 years. Or, he, well, he, you know, 20 years ago he was the mayor. Right. He has not practiced law in quite a while. And even when he did, he didn't practice for very long. So I don't know that he's a very good legal ad. Like, I think it's more just, like, he's the only person willing to join my my defense. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he, he – I don't think – because he, he came out and said, like, oh, we'll wrap up this Mueller thing quickly. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> yeah, but that's what – Mueller – That's what every – Mueller, uh, uh, Mueller was in charge of the FBI during 9-11, so right. he, he knows Giuliani well. Yeah. And for anybody – that's why he that's why he got added. Well – Is because Trump wants someone that knows Giuliani to try to, like, and that make, get someone between him and the barking dog. That makes a lot of sense. Um, at least because then you could – at least then, in theory, and not even in theory, like the fact that Giuliani and Mueller know each other 
allows Donald Trump to go, what is this guy doing? You know him. What are the steps that he takes? And then, you know, if you try to... But at this point, too, when they know that they're looking into... When the Trump team knows that they're being looked at for obstruction of justice, too, asking those questions and trying to cock-block them in any way is only going to add to the obstruction of justice. The thing is, and the one of the things that I, I've kept saying for the last year is and one of the things that I think actually in the back of Mitch's mind too has been like man I hope Brandon's not right and I think he's even said it on the show is that like the fact of the matter is the FBI is and Mueller the special counsel is going to figure everything out so for all of the people out there calling it a witch hunt for all of the people that don't buy in to the investigation being real, you better hope that there is nothing there because if there is something there, they're going to find it. And for as mishandled as the FBI does shit sometimes, at least seemingly, you look at the Hillary Clinton's email investigation, you're never going to convince me that the FBI doesn't know that those, that those servers were acid washed, that those like that, that was that that was wrong that that shouldn't have happened you know so or that the fbi doesn't um it does not record it's in uh uh what do you call it not interviews or whatever when they interview a suspect when they interviewed hillary when they interview anybody they don't record it on tape they don't take audio they take handwritten notes right and that that is the becomes the truth to them which i think is a very poor standard in 2018 yeah like fucking buy a tape pull out your phone and hit record right like yeah no shit the only way to the only reason to do that is because you have shit that you like to put your thumb on and tilt the scale one way or another and that's your final tactic you know right yeah to to stop investigations or to give your friends a pass i totally believe that does happen right and i don't trust the fbi 100 percent either but you can't discredit everything they say no you can't based on the fact that they've been shitty if that was the case we couldn't we wouldn't trust america right this country's been incredibly shitty right and the only reason too that and it makes me laugh when giuliani says that this Mueller thing is going to be wrapped up quickly because so has every other lawyer that he's had every other person that's been on trump's legal team has said it's going to wrap up quickly and i'm pretty sure they started saying that about 10 months ago that oh it's only yeah. going to be you a, have to it's only going to be another month if his lawyer came out right if his lawyer came out and said that oh no this is going to be a four-year deal like the ken Starr thing oh, trump would be furious right but they should at least tell trump the truth right like they can lie to us the american public because of course like, i would hope they are i mean if, if he's paying them and he and they're not Either A, they're stupid, or B, they're lying to their client, which it might be even worse right. than being stupid. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out. But I think adding Giuliani to this, although now that you've posed the theory that like because they know each other, it may be a smart play. I think it's a laughable play because I think Giuliani is laughable. Giuliani only has 9-11 under his belt that is really credible on a just all i all i'm saying a mass scale yeah on a mass yeah. scale and if you look at what happened to giuliani after 911 at who he became he's kind of a shitty dude like 
you know he's a joke yeah, yeah he is a joke and the only reason that he was credible then is for the same reason that bush was credible for like three months during 9-11 because we were all in shock we were shell-shocked from 9-11 so he so yeah. giuliani was allowed to become america's mayor that's why any of us know who the fuck lee greenwood is that's a not that's not a good song like i'm sorry it's not <laughs> a good song but we loved it because we needed to buy it at the time so, you know, we'll, we'll see what Giuliani brings to this. I like to fucking rant. President Trump seems to be standing by EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt, despite a series of concerns that appear to have put Pruitt's job security in jeopardy. Pruitt is fending off repeated questions over his housing arrangements, staffing decisions, and spending as head of the agency. The president said yesterday he still has confidence in Pruitt. Michael Cohen, Trump's personal lawyer, was in court today desperately trying to keep his very small client list private. Michael Cohen has three known clients. One of them is Donald Trump, for whom he paid Stormy Daniels. Client number two is Elliot Broidy. That's Elliot. This is the guy. This guy is the former deputy finance chair for the RNC. Michael negotiated a $1.6 million payment to a Playboy model he had an affair with. And this morning... Cohen, Michael Cohen, was forced to reveal the name of a mystery third client. He tried everything to keep it secret, but the judge ordered him to reveal the name of client number three. And shockingly, that client turned out to be my pal, Sean Hannity of Fox News, is client number three. All righty, this is a rantastic episode. So um, let's get back into this, I guess part two of what I already termed the rest of the week episode. Although historically I've termed a lot of episodes that and then they end up making time and I probably shouldn't have. Um, so <laughs> if you, if you say it, it's going to be like a two hour episode every time. Yeah. You know, that's how it goes. So Pruitt, um, let's see. First name escaping me Scott. right now. Scott, Scott Pruitt. Scott, Scott Pruitt is in the news. Um, this He's week. been in the news for a while, like pretty he much has. since Trump put him in charge of the EPA, and pretty much all for the same thing. Well, right? that's like, that's what happens when you put a, a climate change denier as the head of the Environmental Protection Agency. <laughs> it's going to ge- generate controversy. I don't know why this is like shocking to some people. Uh, yeah, and well, and I. I'm shocked because I was told that he was the best person for the job. So, you know, I thought <laughs> we were draining the swamp, but mm, whatever. So go ahead and read nice me. Nice cushy jobs. Go ahead and read me this week's controversy on Scott well, Pruitt. Well, this week he, okay, so he's been running a condo in D.C. for like $50 a night, which is adds up to about 1500 a month. Insanely cheap, like, uh, like something you would have paid in the seventies for that amount. Like DC property does not come cheap because right. it's where all of the politicians live. Yeah, so they have to have space there. So you know it's prized territory, and it's where um, no one else lives. So there's not a ton of like there's not a ton of property in DC. I know I I'm very good friends with um, one of my very good friends works in DC and. You know, there's. I've been to D.C. after dark, and when you know if you've 
if you've been to DC, you've been to DC at night, like everything's closed because nobody fucking lives there. Like everybody lives in Virginia or they live it they live on the outskirts, but nobody actually lives in DC. Yeah. So the fact so that ha- and I'm in- sure most of them have yeah, like having a condo would be seen as a great thing cuz if you have a late meeting, don't want to drive home. Right. Yeah. So um so basically, and then, well, and, go ahead. Yeah, so it's so it's essentially that he is getting a, a sweet deal from um, a lobbyist, uh, which is you know not great. Now they have indicated that the uh, the lobbyist did not lobby the EPA, but like it doesn't seem good if someone's lo- a lobbyist that you're getting very favorable rental deals on you know prime property. It comes why, off as why do we pro quo? Like why do we allow lobbyists? Like what? I mean, any, technically, there, it. I think. You well, know, technically, it is lawful that you, if you have an interest and you have money, like I, there, I, I see a point in letting people promote us. Uh, you know, like because you can do it about anything. If you want to, if you want to cut, you know, get rid of uh, cancer, and you want to put money into that, you can lobby to make people write laws that you know get certain medical drugs, you know, tested faster. I, I can see benefits to it, definitely. But it the also problem, has the high the, potential to be abused. Right. And the problem is that we see it abused more than we see benefits from it. Like, it's, Yeah. It's, well, I think the benefits don't really get aired as much as the abuses get. Like when we finally catch one of them, a lobbyist right. doing something shady, which is all the time. It's, it's you know, controversial headlines. It's almost like lobbying is theoretically good, but in practice, it doesn't typically work out it's that way. It's a lot like communism in that respect. That I, was gonna, I was going to say the same <laughs> thing. Like, communism looks great on paper, but in practice, people are it's fucking people. people. waiting for stale bread, yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean... So, and this, is, and this is not the only time Scott Pruitt has been in trouble. He, uh... His spending of public funds to travel abroad has been questioned a lot. He's uh, authorized substantial pay raises for a pair of young aides without the White House's approval, which I believe you're supposed to get. And uh, the behavior of his secretary detail, he asked, he wanted to use sirens in D.C. traffic, and and they had to tell him that he was not allowed if it was a non-emergency. <laughs> no he just, shit. He, his security detail just wanted to zip him around town quickly. Which, if because you've ever, he's the head again, of the EPA, because if the EPA if, has such like they're always on the cusp of an apocalypse. I mean, what's weird is that we kind of are with global warming, and that would be the thing you'd be rushing to prevent. But he doesn't believe in global warming, so <laughs> right. I don't know what the fuck he's rushing to. <laughs> Where are you trying to get so fast, dude? <laughs> Especially like, and again, if you've been to DC, I don't even believe that like sirens help you in DC. Have you ever like? First I've of been all, to DC once. It's been years. I was I was a. A child, we went as a school trip, but I do remember. Like, there are a lot of stoplights. I do remember that there are a ton of stoplights, and uh, the thing that I always notice when I'm in DC is that when you're like when you're walking in DC, because there's so many stoplights and because there's like that's such a crowded place. When you're walking in DC, you actually there's you have longer to cross the street as a pedestrian. Those fucking tickers on the on the um street lights or the, whatever yeah on the traffic they do not lights, walk where they tell they you how long they start at like 176 and count down like there's way <laughs> more time to cross the street 
as a pedestrian than as a vehicle. So I don't know what sirens are doing in D.C. I'm assuming nobody is allowed to have a heart attack in D.C. because I don't know how anybody would get anywhere to save you. Um, but the, but the, to me, this is just ridiculous. Like, this whole yeah. thing is... Like, a, a, he should never should have been put in this position. Like, you don't put someone who doesn't which could, in climate <laughs> Which could change. literally be said about every member of the cabinet, including the president. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I think Mitch would disagree, but you know, like people did. But he's there, not so. here, so fuck him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think wanted, like we were, we were called the devil's advocate. We have to at least try to give the other side's opinion. Not if he's not here. Fuck that. Um, no, I think no. But honestly, there's like two people <laughs> that are qualified to be part of this entire administration, right? Mike Pence is probably qualified to be the vice president based on his past political experience yeah. and nikki haley is qualified to be in her position yeah that's and, and by her by her the the way she can be stone-faced i would say sarah huckabee sanders like yeah i don't agree with what she says but my god does she say it with conviction and she yeah. i've heard her shut down reporters in multiple ways which is a, a trait you would have to have in that job yeah definitely i mean you know she's I like it makes me laugh when you say I don't agree with what she says. Well, that's because she's paid to lie to you. So, yeah. <laughs> duh. But um, you can't you can't the, deny the fact that she does it with such like conviction. They're like, I oh, can't yeah. believe that she believes it. Yeah, but you know she doesn't. <laughs> like <No. laughs> The problem is that logic comes into play at some point and you're like, "Oh, yeah, you know you're bullshitting us." Like, I know that it, you know what I I honestly believe that Sarah Sanders probably like hears what the president says and goes all right i'm gonna turn my ears off at some point so that like because you're right she does say it like she believes it i can't imagine but I think that that's so, and the way that it. sean spicer sean spicer never did that like you can and you can tell because he wanted to be happier that wasn't a job for him because he was on dancing with the stars after he left right yeah yeah so like you could never see sarah huckabee sanders like this is you can see it on her face she has a different temperament and it's much more of a combative temperament i imagine she was on the debate team because i I think she just likes to like have confrontations yeah yeah i could see that too and which Uh, is if you're gonna be in politics that's damn that is that the uh the attitude you want (laughs) yeah absolutely you gotta get somebody that likes to argue um you know, and yeah, because the person that tires out of arguing and gives in is no use politically. No, absolutely not. So, you know, but Scott Pruitt, I think, is just another example of. Well, it, if you do, you want to talk about another example because Sean Hannity is also in the news for that. For what? Um. So he's had a lot of real estate dealings. It's come out because of the Cohen raid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's come out that he has used, oh, here's, he's used the nation's high foreclosure rate to work with HUD to buy up foreclosed homes and then flip them for a profit while at the same time like uh, rallying against government handouts on his right. show. Yeah, that's because Sean Hannity, my mortal enemy, is a piece of shit like – duh. What's hilarious to me, I just want to point out something that you just – briefly passed over um we've learned in the last episode and we learned last week that 
Sean Hannity is Michael Cohen's secret client, right? Um, and this so, is actually in response. To, yes, Do you right. remember the carefully worded way he said it. Like <laughs> he, yeah, he said, um, "Oh man, how did he say it?" Exclusively, he said, I, I, I almost. Exclusively, yeah, ex- almost is I've exclusively almost, almost exclusively. talked to him about real estate. Um, yeah. So here's what's awesome. Let's let's do a callback to the last segment where we talked about whether or not Michael Cohen's going to flip. Michael Cohen gave up Sean Hannity's name after being asked twice. He's absolutely going to flip. Like, are you kidding me? This guy got asked twice by the judge who the who his other client was and he said sean hannity's name so and then sean hannity of course went on a show and did the i i never took money from him i never did this i never did that um i only asked him about his legal advice which is so he's not my lawyer okay i'm pretty sure that's what lawyers do is give you legal advice um but out of the goodness of their heart apparently like you would pay hookers out of the goodness of your heart with ah, Sean, I I, maybe maybe not hookers. <laughs> that's a strong word. I'm, Brandon, you're coming off of me. You're making me sexist now. <laughs> right. First of all, all right. That's it. I'm doubling down. Okay. It is not sexist to how how is it possible that through the entirety of this show, every time that we that we talk about, sh- uh, fuck, why can't I think? Chris Christie. We we talk about how Chris Christie looks like a beached whale. In a sombrero, like, and we talk about how ugly Donald Trump is and his hair and all of this shit, and he's orange and he's got small hands and all this shit. The second I say that Kellyanne Conway looks drunk and trashy, I'm a sexist. Fuck that. She doesn't get a pass because she's a woman. I'm doubling down. I'm not going to stand for this. You guys will not call me out. It's equality for all and also uh, besmirchment for all. It's, good, right. it's, an inter- it's an interesting take on life, Brandon. <laughs> right. I'm I'm playing the comedian it, card it, on this, okay? Lighten up, motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm going to trash people. That's what it's about. It was, clear, it was clearly a joke. We just like <laughs> to give you shit, I think. Right. That's that's fine. I would, you have no idea how when we turned the microphones off. Because like we've said, for audience members that are listening for the first or second time, we probably think I'm super sexist, if, if that's true. But if you're listening only recently then you should know that a lot of times and more recently in the last several episodes when the three of us are doing the show or when like frank and i right now we're not in the same room we're 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 talking to each other over the phone and we're doing the show but we can't fucking see each other right so um what's funny to me is that like as soon as we turned everything off and as soon as I was not talking to you guys I was so mad about getting called out for that (laughs) it's just like fuck this like why What's, why what's funny to me is that we've had like deep political conversations and discussions where we've gotten heated especially you and Mitch and that was the thing that, like, I'm really upset about that. <laughs> yeah. Did you bring that up? No shit. Well, you know, especially... <laughs> Why you gotta go there, bro? Why you gotta right. go there? I know. Well, and especially for me and Mitch. Mitch and I have... I've Frank and I have known each other for, what, like three years now? Three and a half years? Yeah. I've, I've known, right. I think I've known Mitch for 10 to 12 years now. And before the show was ever even a... a a glimpse in the future there there was never like a this show 
long before it was ever even written down on paper or thought about as being a thing. These are the conversations that Mitch and I had. This is how the show kind of developed is that on a daily basis, Mitch and I would be on the phone with each other and we would fight with each other. Like, not the way that we have conversations on the show. Actually, if you go back and listen to like the first few episodes, it was more like that when Mitch and I were angry at each other before we both decided we needed to fucking lighten up a little bit and just have the conversation. But we, but that's what this was. And so I'm used to fighting with people on the phone about politics. I'm used to debating people and at the end of it, being able to, you know, be like, okay, well, we disagree on whatever, Russia, whatever, but Let's go watch Black Panther now. We can still be cool. That was one of the only things that after I was done with the conversation, I was like, F them. Like, why Why did they, why am I a sexist for that? So maybe I am. And if that's, if that's true, then I'm pulling the Trump card right now and I'm doubling and tripling down. But I'm going to call Kellyanne Conway out for looking like she's drunk every damn time she's on TV because I don't like her because she does look drunk and because she's lying to you. So get over it, people. That's what that's well, what happens. Another person that's doubling down is is Sean Hannity again. Is and <clears throat> really just like <clears throat> excuse me, going on about the fact that he was he didn't pay Cohen, so he wasn't his lawyer, and that his you know almost exclusively line made it right. that his statement was technically true. Um, he also, well, yeah, he also just said over like. It, <sighs> He, he, I guess he's like his defense is that he, you know, he can think that public welfare is bad, but then use it to make money because that's just smart business, you know. There's nothing right, and it, well, and he tried to do the whole. He tried to slither his way out of it and say, "Look, I, I just put my money into something. I didn't know what my lawyers did with it. I didn't know that it was being used for HUD." I didn't know. And he tried to make himself the hero in this story. Look, I'm just trying to help the poor man. Sean Hannity is not trying to help anybody but Sean Hannity. That's his game. Watch his show for five seconds and realize that, like, he doesn't give a shit. Like, he doesn't actually order edible arrangements, guys. Newsflash. That's an advertiser. He's in it for himself. Um, Uh, And and there's nothing wrong with that. Someone... I don't watch Sean Hannity beyond the clips I see like posted online. Um, does, is that an actual advertiser for him? That is an actual advertiser. That's for him. the it, funniest le- thing I've ever heard. At How, least who on the his- hell, <laughs> yeah. who the hell decided that edible arrangements and Sean Hannity go together? I've never seen him rant and thought, you know what I need right now? A chocolate strawberry. <laughs> yeah, but no like shit. one that's like really overpriced. Right, not just a chocolate strawberry, a bouquet of chocolate strawberries <laughs> cut, cut to look like roses. Yeah, so that's actually an advertiser of his on the radio. So I don't know that that's a, that that's a TV advertiser. He's got a radio show, too. I feel like I'm fucking promoting Sean Hannity. You should not listen yeah, to him. Yeah, I honestly, no, I can't stand to look at the man, which is why I can't get through his show beyond the, the Twitter clips I see. Well, he's he's completely full of shit. I honestly, like, I look at his clips, and if they're more than about five minutes long, I'm like, I, I can't put up with him for longer than that. No, I can't put up with him for... 30 seconds like to me the way that I used to feel about Glenn Beck when he had a show it is how I now feel about about Sean the golden 
the golden days of being able to mock online per- like oh Glenn Beck made it. He was the Alex Jones of like of, of his time. Fox News. Yeah, absolutely. Of, yeah, Fox News. I mean, he was the guy that literally <laughs> he paved he, way for the crazy people. He made the Nazi comparisons mainstream. He compared everything to Nazi Germany. Like literally everything. Um, and he cried on a nightly basis. And God, I miss you, Glenn. If only you didn't try to take down Tommy Lahren, you dumbass. <laughs> Missouri's Republican Governor Eric Greitens says he will not resign despite calls from state GOP leadership for him to step down. Greitens is facing a felony invasion of privacy charge stemming from an extramarital affair he had in 2015. His former mistress alleges he restrained, slapped, and threatened her during their relationship. Some members of Brighton's own party also suggested Tuesday the governor's use of a charity donor list for political purposes could be a violation of Missouri law. Brighton's released a statement Tuesday saying, I will not be resigning the governor's office. In three weeks, this matter will go to a court of law where it belongs and where the facts will prove my innocence. Let's move into the last couple of things we got. We have a couple of um, of Missouri stories that we'll go through real quick, both of which that we've talked about before, so we probably don't need to spend too much time on them. Um, but let's go into, I guess, the lesser, more ridiculous one first. Um, so today, Missouri actually introduced their ban on, or their bill to ban pornography we talked about this several weeks ago um that that it was something that was being talked about i actually think this is a different bill i don't think this is the same senator that we talked about the last time we talked about it um but and i'm not even going to get into names or anything i can pretty much just sum this up Basically, Missouri now is um, trying to introduce the the Republican legislature is trying to introduce a bill that would ban pornography, um, citing it as a public health risk because it is uh, and citing it as addictive. Um, and so they want to and, put and they actually tie in the Greitens thing. They specifically I know mentioned that they almost try to give it him, him an out. Like this is the reason why, right? It happened which because pornography, had, which is not. I don't think it's ever been brought up his pornography habits. So no, absolutely that not. Breast that did not play play a part. No. Now, what we can say is that we do know that there are studies on separate studies that have nothing at all to do with the Missouri legislature about porn habits in the United States and in the world and what they do. And I know I feel like the, the what he was trying to do, what the senator was trying to do when he was uh, reaching for the Greitens comparison is we've seen studies before that say that, like, you know, I think it could be probably proven and anybody who's being honest with themselves that could hear our voices right now probably say that porn is addictive like that i think that that's a fair statement yeah in the same way in the same way that anything like drugs are addictive like there are people that become addicted to and there is like definitely porn that is not healthy i think right not not an under you know not a shocking statement now and we know that the people who it's a poorly do, very poorly regulated industry because no one wants to talk about it openly. So right, yeah, it just exactly. In private, and we know too that people that 
uh, that do consume porn um, on a regular basis, like it, at least studies have shown that it does change their sexual habits. It does change the way that they interact with their partners and whatever. And I have a feeling that that was the reach that he was trying to make between to tie into the Greitens thing is that like, well, maybe Greitens has like a porn problem, and that's the reason that he's taking pictures of people. Yeah, and, and, and then uh, and then tied it into a more grandiose like. Oh, it's a cultural problem. It's the times right. we live in. It's the internet that allows porn. Which right. Ties which ties back into that earlier bill, which I don't even think it's related to, but the earlier bill to try to ban, uh, block people's phones and laptops from accessing porn in Missouri, which got right. nowhere. Yeah. But it seems so, almost like a, and it's different people, but it just seems like a common uh, topic on the brain for them. And I'm going to speculate here, but what I'm assuming is that this is probably some, like, Super Christian conservative that is just like he is a Republican. I don't know super Christian. I mean, he's again like the local representatives are don't have a lot of exposure. They don't, you know. But you can follow it, him on Twitter, but that's obviously very. Um, but the reason the reason I'm speculating here is because he's a conservative in Missouri. In in it, it's rural it stands the reason he's very yeah he probably wouldn't right. got elected without referencing God at least once right history not, would not, tell us not to say he's probably not like he probably is having affairs you know because that's typically how that works with Christian conservative politicians it's like speak one thing and do coke with your gay prostitute in the back room you know that happens but um. Well, didn't yeah? Didn't Greitens himself run on like I'm the family man? I'm the I'm the hero, right? Yeah, except for we're like a year in, and we're like, oh, did that like did his did his controversy just go from I took pictures and blackmailed a woman to I kind of raped a woman? I mean, that's what it that's what it sounds like to me. That's what we talked about last week on on the last episode. Is that you know the the when she did her when she gave her testimony that it came down to um he slapped her for having for having another sexual partner which was her ex-husband or at the time husband i i don't know exactly the timeline there um but he like had hit her because he was supposed to be the only uh, partner that she oh, was having while he you... was having the go ahead yeah okay i'm sorry to get off topic do you know who the husband is this just came out <clears throat> uh-uh uh, Moon Valjean. If you listen to our local rock radio station, 105.7 The Point, he was a member of Story of the Year, local rock band. Who's what? Made some, uh, yeah, that's the ex-husband, one of his ex-wives. He, I think he's had one or two. He was the one that heard about this during their uh, council and informed people. He started all this. No Which, shit. It's so weird because I listen to The Point every morning. Um on my way to work, it, it, like in between radio, like if they're not entertaining me too many ads, I switch over to music or the talk or, or the morning show. And they've mm-hmm. talked about Greitens and Moon has not said anything like publicly until it just came out that he was the, the guy that did this. And no this shit. That is insane. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um, ghost story of the year. Well, no, I, I don't even think he's, uh, he's with them anymore. He got kicked out. So, yeah, probably because he was well. Go Greek fire. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, um, man, I mean, he's, he's in like sixteen different bands. It's hard to keep up, but yeah, dude, like the the story locally keeps getting weirder and weirder. Like, yeah, oh, I know it, that guy. I know that guy. Yeah, that's crazy. That is totally crazy. But yeah, to your point about the 
potential rape thing. There was that story about like him slapping her or whatever. And then there was also the in her testimony, I guess she said that like she he wouldn't let her leave until he she gave him oral sex and like she was crying through it and like so yeah it went from taking a picture of this woman to like and threatening her right to to like rapey stuff yeah um and the the big the big development in the Greitens thing this week was so i don't know if we had talked about it the last time that we that we talked about this story, but I know that there were some issues with the way the prosecution has handled this story uh, or this case. Um, they, they've actually done some like seemingly sneaky shit. Like, so there was a video testimony from this woman and the prosecution said that the videotape wasn't working. So they didn't have a, like, they didn't have the testimony, but Oh wait, three weeks later, they just like handed it over to the judge. They were like, Oh, it was working. Here you go. But they didn't hand it to the defense. So like the, in you know, the, in court cases, like both sides have have to to be able to see all of the evidence. Um, and so there was talks about whether or not this case was going to get thrown out. And last Thursday, um, it went in front of the judge to be decided on whether it was going to be thrown out or not. And it, surprisingly to me, I really thought that this was their like OJ Simpson moment where the prosecution fucked up so bad that like it, this was just not going to go the way that it was expected to go. Um, surprisingly it's not off it's going to continue to move forward and they yeah, basically and I'm, the judge basically said hey don't fuck up again like yeah don't which you know. I, I remember you telling me like i was not as convinced i thought it was going to go this way but i remember you saying like no dude the the prosecution has actually like fumbled the ball on this case quite a few times right yeah. And like I could totally see a judge being like, well, you know, technicality is what it is. That's the law. You know? Yeah. So, but no, I was and shocked. I, don't you almost you almost kind of expect him to get let like I at this point in my American experience of 30 years, I kind of expect the governor to walk away. Like I know yeah. I've seen like Blavojevich or and, and you know every other governor of Illinois arrested. (laughs) Right. I I didn't think it was to happen in our clean cut state. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I really thought, and the other thing too, I thought that if he does walk away from this, like if it had getting, if it had gotten thrown out, I thought that like, well, that, that's the end of Greitens woes because like now, you know that there's another case that they're looking at with Greitens um, and Josh Hawley, who is challenging Claire McCaskill for Senate run current attorney general of Missouri came out uh, like the day after the court, or I guess it was probably the day before the court case, the invasion of privacy, which is about this woman. Um, before this got decided on the day before that Josh Hawley came out and said that there that they found evidence of um crimes that he committed with his charitable foundation where he took um what did he take the email the 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 donor list the donor list so that he could try to get votes and he used that for his campaign and so yeah Josh Hawley then sent 
that basically told the prosecutor, the same prosecutor in St. Louis, who is already filed charges for the invasion of privacy he basically told her hey there's a statute of limitations here it's about to run out if you're going to file charges on this you need to file charges on it now and she's she did so Grydens is fucked at this point yeah like he really is and he might, even, as well, he might as well, like, not even pay for it to keep up the domain GridensForPresident.com. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it ain't going to happen. Unless you're running no. for president of your local, like, Elks Lodge, you, it ain't <laughs> right. going work. Yeah, no. I And the thing is, too, even, first of all, let me comment on the, what's interesting to me is that conservatives in Missouri held their nose for Eric Greitens. He was not anybody's first choice. People did not like Eric Greitens. In fact, some conservatives that I know even considered voting for the Democrat because of how much they disliked Eric Greitens. But now all of a sudden, at least if you listen to the local conservative radio, it's like, oh, it's a witch hunt. Oh, it's a witch hunt. Is that all that Republicans have left in 2018 is to just call every scandal a witch hunt? Because this, to me, seems pretty damn cut and dry on both instances. At least if you were to believe the testimony from this woman. Um, that- yeah, I could, I could see the whole, like, so I could see someone making an argument. Not, I'm not saying it's correct about the the way, like, you, you can't take something that's told to you in therapy and tell it to a third party. Yeah, but if there but if there's a crime involved, can't you like I don't right. know like it's, it's well, and that's what I can see the other argument, but it, I don't know that either side. But obviously, I, I like if there's a guy out there, um, forcing women to have sex with him or not letting him leave the house. Yeah, he probably shouldn't be the governor of a one of the R fifty states. Right, absolutely, and I think that was one of the things that bothered me the most about what I saw on social media was there was a lot of sentiment that was like, well, his bedroom habits are his own habits. Not if he's raping people. No, it's not people. his bedroom. Not if no, because when it was when it was he cheated on his wife, no one would have cared. It, right. it was that he took a picture and blackmailed a woman. That was right. the, the juicy part of the story that yeah, got absolutely. national attention. I'm the not blackmails the word there. Right. We're talking about we're talking about abuse. Yeah, sure. If he cheated on his wife, that's his own business. That's their own business. But like, yeah, no one cares. Talk- no one really cares that Trump cheated. On, like, it's the the paying off of the people and the threatening of the people. That's where you get into trouble. Right. Which, which, by the way, just let me tell you how right I was. I've jokingly said a million times that it was Scaramucci who threatened her. Did you see this, the fucking sketch artist drawing? Like, that's Scaramucci with some stubble. <laughs> right? Like, absolutely. If he, It's Scaramucci, okay? Um, oh, that is so great. We'll have to throw that as our background uh, Twitter picture in Facebook. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> like a side-by-side. So, basically, let's sum up the two-part Missouri rant here, right? Don't touch my fucking pornography, because you're, like, I agree with what Mitch had said earlier to me. Like, just tell me who I have to vote out to get this to stop. (laughs) Like, you know, don't... I'll be learning the names of the people that want to do this. Like, we'll remember. I can't imagine, like, at this point in technological history, right, no state's getting rid of pornography, right? Because at no, at, because can, at some can, point you can best the, hope to regulate it. Like, because I don't think any state can completely get. Can you tell every one of your how many citizens do we have? Three hundred million, whatever. Three fifty. 
like to turn off their sex drive that's ridiculous no you're fighting and millions of years of evolution like, and the fact of the matter is you know we you said a minute ago which i thought was a really good point that like it's a hard subject to talk about because nobody wants to talk about it i think if you try to take it away you'll be surprised at how many of those quiet voices get loud like yeah i mean like on especially online when you don't have to like um, right and if you wear an anonymous anonymous mask, it might make it easier. But right, you like, just I put think up... there, there has been historically a stigma against that that's starting to change a little bit, especially with online communities. People of certain, uh, like if you if you have a um, a fetish, you find others online that have that. You finally feel like you're part of a community. I right. can totally see that opening up like floodgates. But again, like I understand, like porn is. It's porn. It's it's not all good. It's, no, absolutely of, not. But yeah. the the thing about fighting back, even if you do, if you wanted to remain anonymous, like your theory, you just change your profile picture to a picture of naked Melania Trump and fucking throw up your goddamn comment, and there you go. Right? Like you don't have to be <laughs> accountable for. It doesn't have to be you that's fighting this fight. It could be naked Melania Trump fighting this fight for you so yeah i just, I just they, want you all to know like, that there's a picture of naked melania trump out there so go ahead do your do your googling um and no, then i don't know i don't need to see that uh, it's, it's not, like, it's not if I a picture of donald trump i was like nah no nah, dude I, yeah, I, I agreed with you i don't want to see I naked don't, donald i don't want to I don't want to think about their their sex life. I don't want to think about. I've never wanted to think about a person's right, well, sex life. Here's here's That's the honest reality when it comes up. Here's the honest reality, Frank. I'm about to send you this picture of naked Melania Trump. It's not a bad picture. So, um, <laughs> anyway, it one day it'll be hanging on my wall because fucking <laughs> I want it to be made into like a canvas. Um, so not because I think first, is this the first lady that we've that has ever done a centerfold. I would hope so. I would and think I would so. Think, like I can't imagine Mary Todd Lincoln posing for a <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt. I think did it once or twice. <laughs> um, yeah, but no. Matthew Brady's other career, he filmed that he took pictures of the Civil War and <laughs> the first right. one. Yes. Um, all right. Let's get into my favorite. Or no, actually, let's not. We got one more before we. Be- so we've got two more. I'm just thinking out loud here. Just, see, I told you it's going to be a shit show. Um, yeah, because we did. We have to deal with the shit and fluff. It's always Florida, man. Right. It's always Florida. So what happened, Frank? Or it's well, Alabama, but Florida too. Right. So um, in Florida, police. Do you you have the story in front of yeah. you? Right. So basically, uh, go ahead. Two Florida detectives showed up at a funeral home uh, last month and attempted to use the dead man's fingerprint to unlock his phone. Um, that was the original story. Now, it's, it has since come out that uh, it did not work. Right. They were unsuccessful in unlocking his phone, which um, kind of, I mean, I don't know. It gets into a thorny legal issue. Like, I, I, it's, So it's, we don't even need to know where that story went. What do you think about that? Like just, I mean, that is just, pretty much the story. That this is like the first time it's happened, and people are just like, "Oh, like, do you need a warrant for that?" Because normally you would need a warrant to open someone's phone, right? You to to access it. <clears throat> I th- I you'd have to be looking for something specific. You'd have to know what you're looking for. Now they right. did. They were looking for um, needed access to uh, in order to preserve data stored on the handset that was potentially tied to a separate drug inquiry involving a deceased suspect, another hmm. deceased man. So, now in that case, they said they did have 
they were looking for a crime, but at that point, like, you can you have the phone and you have the warrant to get into the phone. Don't you have a way of doing that besides going to a funeral parlor and <laughs> disturbing a, a funeral? Right. Yeah, which, to be fair, they probably didn't disturb the funeral. That would be a scene if they walked in in the middle of a funeral. I'm sure that this was yeah, done. Yeah, that's probably, that's me being uh, the the cinematic file or the cinephile <laughs> that I am. Right. Like, Still, I'm, though, I'm writing a movie about all this, man. We're going to, it's going to be an <laughs> epic beast. To me, though, it comes down to the same, like, I hate to say this, and I know that this is going to be unpopular before I even fucking utter the words, but to me, it's similar to the San Bernardino shooting thing right like yeah of like how much of your phone is private right and protected by privacy even though you might be a bad guy like i still think you have to have a warrant for that and and even with a warrant if you can't access it i don't first of all i don't know that like because you remember with the san bernardino thing what they tried to do is they try to force apple yeah and that's actually uh, that's in the Comey book. Comey was <clears throat> the FBI director during that. So we'll right. talk about that a little more next week. But <clears throat> it's, a, it's, a, it's a sticky legal issue because, like, I see the point of needing to get into it. Because, But my other thought was, um, like, it, there's no law saying that you can't design an unbreakable safe and store it in your house and put your valuables in it. The government never comes to you and says we have to have access to get into that safe in case you turn into a bad guy. Right. Yeah. But with phones, they they make that argument. I know it's a, it's a different to that analogy no, because phones are but, more individualized. But, but no, I think too, it's a t- but you know they're more of an extension of your life. I think it's a totally fair analogy too because the the fact of the matter is, once you do this, once like once you do this for San Bernardino or once you walk into a funeral parlor and you use a deceased person to get into a phone, you've now set a precedent. And once you've set a precedent that this is okay to do if the person's dead, then why can't you do it if the person's alive? Oh, well, you're you're in jail now. So because you're in jail, you don't have legal rights So or the same legal rights. So now we're just going to access your phone because we need yeah. it as part of an it also, investigation. It also <laughs> made me realize that fingerprint readers are not nearly as secure as we think they are because – it, in handcuffs, I can't imagine it would be very hard to press your thumb up against there and unlock your phone and right. start going through it. Yeah. Like, it, honestly, I think a <laughs> password would be the most secure option because you have to pry that out of someone's brain and they have to physically tell you. Right. So, personal opinion so change on your this. So, change your damn locks, people. Right. Personal opinion on this. Do you think that that should be allowed? in In this case where person is deceased they have they have a warrant to get into the phone do you think that they cross a legal line once they go use a dead person's hand to get into their phone well it's i I think of it as like if, if you have a warrant to search someone's house you don't knock on the door and say open up the doors you break in the damn doors right you know like shouldn't they be like actually i'm a little terrified that my government can't think around like do you not have people good enough like i know apple can offer more i know samsung can offer more than the government probably right or does because we spend so much on areas we don't need to right but, like do we not have the smart enough people to com- combat this and if not that's kind of terrifying we need to up our game because we yeah. need to be thinking about this and the future like this is going to be a problem and if we haven't already foreseen this the people in leadership roles aren't 
thinking long term. Well, if people in leadership roles don't foresee anything, I'll refer yeah. you back well, to no, the Facebook like, talk. What was the the yeah the San Bernardino? I'm sorry to get off topic, but the San Bernardino thing didn't even like. Apple said no. The FBI said yes, and then some random third party was like, "Hey, Apple, we got this. We got into the phone in like three days." Yeah, like that. That's what it took. It, it took a third party being like, "Here, I'll stop." And then now we're having the same argument because it's kind of coming up again, right? And and there's although, not that moderator to come in and save it. Although to be fair, in that case too, it wasn't. It wasn't that Apple couldn't access it. It was that they refused. They yeah. refused, and I think that they did the right thing. Well, refusing. no, I think they. I think they did, they said they couldn't. I think they said the way they designed it, they could not even get in because they didn't want themselves to have that power. And they could have rewritten really? the code and probably got in. But I think the whole point was that like encryption is only good is if the person encrypting it has complete access to it. If there's a back door that anybody can get in, it's worthless because they can be hacked. Right. Yeah. So I think that I believe that's what Apple's point was is that like even we can't access our users users personal data because it's personal it's an extension of their lives at this point which a cell phone is yeah anybody who uses one regularly yeah no it's it's definitely an intro an interesting um an interesting topic and have you, I, have you seen the studies that like i think even among millennials it's like would you rather break up with your uh, significant other or lose your phone and like the numbers are actually scarily close really I'm, yeah, it's it, it's surprising. Put myself on the record here and say, like, I would give up my phone in a second. I actually hate you, you treat your phone like it's the enemy, though. So yeah, I don't like. I do not like phone. Like, I don't like smartphone technology. Um, so, and a big part of that is I think that our generation has become weird. zombified <laughs> by this technology. Weird for a man who runs a podcast that is almost exclusively listened to. On handheld <laughs> cell phones. <laughs> I understand that. I do understand that. It's a love-hate relationship. But, like, I do think that our phones have zombified us, like, as a generation. Like, I don't know how many times I walk into a restaurant or something and no one's looking at each other. Everybody's looking at their fucking phones. I don't know how many times I walk through my family's house and fucking can't, like, guys, can yeah. we put... It's the only dinner. Thing, like, the only know? thing I will say is that, like, at least... Well, I mean, watching videos, but maybe at least they're reading more, which I, th- I think you could say about us. The fact that we have phones. I read more today with because, you know, in addition to reading books, I'm reading articles all day long on my phone. That's true. So I think I've like, I'm probably more well read because of my phones, but like, there I, are yeah. definitely some. I will <laughs> say, I, yeah, I mean, I, that is a valid point. A lot of the media, I do listen to. I've yeah, said I'm before, smarter I listen, because of my phone. Yeah. Because I'm able to keep up more. With it. it now, it is more distracting, and but, I do put myself in the danger of dying every time I drive. It's true that you are – like, but I think there's a balance here, right? Because we're smarter in some aspects. I do get a lot of my news from my phone as well. But in the same way, I can't do simple fucking math anymore because I don't need to. I don't need to retain certain knowledge because I can just ask Google, hey, what is yeah. this? And not but I think, math. But, but evolutionary – evolutionary that's like that's a good thing for us like if we don't need that knowledge we're gonna say all right well if we can get that knowledge from our phones there's no reason to keep it in our brain use that space in your brain for something else like i don't i don't know if that's the way brains work that could be totally so then so then shouldn't the education system just be how to use your phone maybe it should maybe it should (laughs) save ourselves a lot of damn money so anyway all right 
let's jump into this last um, couple real quick. Does so because I keep lying to you about the amount of stories that we have. Um, this one's a really quick one, but something that I thought was really cool that I saw. I sent you earlier today. Um, there, I guess there was a dude in. I believe it was Detroit. If not, it was a suburb of Detroit um, that was that was suicidal. He was going to. He was up on an overpass. His he was going to jump, or he was threatening to jump. That's not what's cool. I know that was a weird lead in, um, but so the police are obviously trying to talk him down and and get you know whatever. And so in an interesting move by the police, they basically got on the dispatcher whatever radioed for like a semi truck um they wanted a semi truck uh, to like re- to really quickly i thought when you said it in an interesting move the police i thought you said use the dead man's finger to open his phone oh <laughs> it's like, no it's like damn it it's it's fucking everywhere alabama e- everywhere Florida. um yeah no they, they, they basically they brought they, in a truck they, they what they yeah. wanted to do is they they wanted uh, this semi to pull up and like kind of take away the distance between this guy and the highway and I guess I don't know if it happened um, I don't know that they radioed everybody but basically what happened is 13 trucks pulled up under this overpass lined the entire on both sides of the highway lined the entire highway um, so that if this guy did jump he was only going to fall like eight or ten feet um he wasn't going to be able to kill himself and by even you know even if you take away the fact that he was going to land on them with them pulling up under this overpass on both sides of the highway there was no way he was going to hit traffic because traffic wasn't moving on these highways um it's a really really cool picture of these uh, of these trucks and what was neat about it was that like that there was somebody there to stop this guy from committing suicide. Like, you know, I, well, I mean, a lot of suicide attempts are cries for help. So I'm, I'm always appreciative when they treat these people as if they're, they're, you know, they don't truly want to kill themselves or else they would have jumped in front of a, you know, traffic. They would have, you know, right. They're trying, yeah, they're trying to get someone's attention and I'm glad that they, yeah, they did that. That is a hell of a picture, actually. I remember you sent that to me, and yeah. like that couple with the headline is like that's very that's a powerful. Yeah, it was it was a really really cool picture, and then the headline, um, you know, was that, and then with and then in the description, you don't, you don't of, often get that from Fox Two News because I don't know if the one you sent me, I think it was Fox Two Detroit, and I was just like Fox Two. Oh, a cheerful headline. That's odd. Right. Yeah. It it was really it was really a neat a neat picture and then they also had like i think uh our local news station that posted it was kmov um and they had like the suicide prevention hotline number on there and it was i don't know it was just neat to me to see that like i love that they do that now whenever there's a story about Mm -hmm. suicide they try to balance it which i think is uh, because i think they got attacked for a while for glorifying it for covering it you know right in such a statistic manner just for like to glorify it for the ratings. Right. So I like the fact that they're now like trying to be like, Hey, if you feel like this, here's yeah. the thing you should do. And highlighting and I, stories like this is a I good think, way to do it. I think that's what moved me along with the picture about this story is the fact that like, 
it seemed like news organizations, it seemed like the police, it seemed like the truckers were all... They didn't know this person. So it's not like, you know, arms out, we're trying to give you a hug, we're trying to bring you in, but it seemed, whether or not accurate, it seemed like there was somebody there to care for this person, to look after this person. And yeah. it's nice to know that when people hear someone's in trouble, they don't ask who's in trouble or, like, where are they from or right. what I like them. They just, like, jump up and help. That's yeah. Especially from semi-truck drivers who are not, you know, they're not paid to be heroes. <laughs> right. But, yeah. You know, the fact that they would rush out there and do that is like, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. And, and it, I just hope d- the guy, like, obviously hope the person gets help, but yeah, I'm glad it, it ended with a positive note. That's rarely the case. Yeah. Agreed. And like when I, when I saw that, um, it made me feel good about, you know, cause especially here on the show, we talk about so much bad shit that happens yeah. on a week to week basis. And it was nice to see that, this could have gone badly. This is not a great story. We are talking about an attempted suicide, but there's a silver there's a silver lining here, um, and that silver lining made me feel good when I saw the headline. So I def- I thought it was worth mentioning. I think the picture is awesome. Yeah. I'm sure that you know we'll we'll put it out there. So um, I think it'll, yeah, it should be the uh, episode art. I believe. Yeah, yeah. If we'll, if the future it goes how I think it will, for sure. So. All right, now let's and then get our another. Our next story is also about mass transit systems for like moving shit <laughs> yeah. around the country. Yeah, it's uh, did, it's did actually on purpose. It's actually the story that made me feel the the best this week, um, because I, you know, you know you me, um, so poop train, right? There's a <coughs> apparently it's, you you we, don't even need to you got you had me at poop train, Brandon. You, right, you. That's so the greatest. The greatest story of of my week or my the last two weeks is when I saw that a train full of human shit that was traveling, which I didn't know that we that we put human shit on trains, but apparently we it, do. It's we, it's interesting because we live around a very trainy part of the country. The, yeah, there's, there's a lot of trains that run through, through here, so it's interesting that a lot of the trains that have passed me in my life probably contained shit from New York. Yes, so a bunch of shit from New York ends up is is being I don't know where they were headed, but the train broke down in Alabama. Oh my God! How excited was Brandon when he saw this headline that. Uh, that a train of shit broke down in Alabama and the residents are fuming. See what I did there? About it was actually what's what's funny is that it was it was headed to Alabama. It just hadn't made its way to the shit part of Alabama. It was, <laughs> yes. in, the, it was in the slightly less shitty one. <laughs> so so the, the 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 residents are obviously not thrilled about this. It smells like shit, as you would imagine. But I imagine that's what Alabama smells like anyway. So. You know, that's just, I just figured that was normal. Um, so happy that this happened because if you, if you are listening for the first or second time, go back and follow the, follow the, the breadcrumbs of why Obviously, we, we might have, we might have misspoke when we said that, um, shootings were the most talked about topic. Like, I'm pretty sure it's Alabama, Brandon. It, it, it probably is Alabama. Then, then that's because they, you know, the, 
Fuck Alabama. Right? I, I, I wanted you to say they bring it on themselves. They asked for it. I wanted you to, I wanted that soundbite. <laughs> but you know they do. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Go back and you can you can listen to the... We dropped turd nuggets through the entire show. to And you can just work your way back to figure out why we hate Alabama here. But nothing makes me happier than when I see a, a train of shit that breaks down in alabama it really i love that it was new york shit because the the people in the paper like they were they were being quoted as like oh i just think this is northerners like dumping on us southerners again like (laughs) planned like it was part of some vast conspiracy by the liberal media of course that's how you know you know how those liberals are shitting on everybody all the time so anyway poop train we should just that should be that should be the name of the episode right like yeah anyway i guess we'll finish it there with poop train um next week mitch will be back on the show we will review the comey book so i'm super super excited about that that will be yeah, that might be the longest episode because i am at, I, I i think we're probably gonna do like a good amount of the episode on that once yeah, we get talking about it i think you're probably right um because i don't know i just have a feeling we are i know how i know that i told you that this episode wasn't going to make it to length and somehow we filled all of the time that we normally do um so you know that's what happens um hold on real quick frank talk for a second oh yeah i'm talking yeah Uh, well if you want to you can follow us on uh twitter at TDAP 2017 because we refused to update that year. Well, yeah, why would we? This isn't, this isn't, uh, we're not professional or anything. We've told you this a million yeah. times. We have no integrity. Um, so, well, I mean, I have, I have a little integrity. Bullshit. Speak for yourself, Brandon. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what sucks is I'm trying to milk this time here and it's not working out the way that I had, uh, planned on it go ahead and tell them what are where... you what are you trying to find exactly i'm That's trying to i'm trying to find the reviews that i told you last week that i was going to uh <laughs> that i was gonna read do you want to do that next? do you want to do that on our 50th episode save that for next week yeah for the I, comey yeah i guess let's do it on our next episode because so that was that was all that was all a planned tease and we're just perfect actors yes it's not us f- utter failing to end the show on a proper note right no it's not like it's not like we haven't done this before so as frank said you can follow us on twitter and facebook at tdap 2017 because we're not going to change it um episodes are available weekly on itunes and google play wherever podcasts are found um yeah i think that pretty much wraps it up for the week so join us for episode 50 it's definitely going to be a good one we're excited about it we'll have some announcements to make about the show going forward um as well as the the much we're anticipating reviewing this book we're really excited about this book and again if you haven't read it do it like it's yeah. If you've I'd, never read a political book, which I can't imagine you haven't if you're listening to this, right. start with his because it, it will make you want to read more. Yeah, it does. And I'm telling you right now, Frank said it earlier, if you can listen – and Mitch actually said it to me on when we were talking earlier today. He said, I'm so glad that I started with the audiobook because he's so good at, at reading it. Like he, he's very good at – telling his own story and it's going to make the it's going to make the written book even better um so 
you know, like check it out. Um, and yeah, I think that pretty much does it for this week. So as always, here it is, your alternative fact of the week. The poop train, as residents call it, has been sitting in this small town since January. I thought we had dead bodies around. I thought I was actually hitting animals or dead animals with the lawnmowers. 